Poitras. You are listening to He Said, She Said, the one about books and bros. This week's bro is Cole Romy. Melinda, take it away. Well, thank you, Lene. I know that everyone enjoyed hearing Lene on the podcast last week so much, but I thought it would be even more enjoyable to hear from her husband, Cole, who's like ranching and lawyering and bailing hay, maybe. Do you bail hay, Cole? I bail hay. Okay. Awesome. So, Cole, why don't you tell us from your perspective about this glorious, novel-worthy love story that occurred with Lene? Take it away, Cole. Oh, well, it involves me, and I love talking about myself, too, so this is going to be great. But I get to talk about Lene, too, so mm-hmm. it's a win-win. Um, so, last time I checked, we were married August 21st, 25th, no. August 22nd. 2015 mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's coming up on five years it does not seem like five years it just seems like it was a few just a little bit ago yeah that's what happens when you blink it does huh so anyway i met Lene way back in 2012 i believe and uh when i first saw her I saw this woman running around with boxes and red high heels, and she was just working, as she always does, and she's got no time for anything else but work, and she was scurrying around, and I, you know, I I saw her, and I also talked to her briefly. She was selling books at at a camp that I was at in South Dakota, and I talked to her. She was a recent graduate. And that really struck my interest because then I also found out she was in business school. And I was a current uh, business student in undergrad. And, uh, you know, I, this is the way I am, but I, I asked her what her GPA was. Mm-hmm. So I, I found out that she not only had graduated before me, but she had a higher GPA than me. Mm-hmm. So it made me infuriated with her, and yet I was attracted to her at the same time. Mm-hmm because I'm attracted to brains and, and she's got the best brains on the business. So, um, <clears throat> no, I was very interested in her, uh, but I wouldn't let her know that, of course. Yes. So Obviously not. Why would you? But yeah, it's been five years and actually seven years now since I first, or is it eight? That's eight. I can do math. It's mm-hmm. eight years since I first saw her. Yeah. So what happened after you saw her? get her number were you texting her constantly what was going on no 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 uh so i had somewhat forgotten about her but she showed up uh out to the ranch where i was currently working uh in the summers during undergrad my undergraduate degree and she had come out there with her family no her just her dad i believe or it might have been her family it's okay can't remember but i do remember she was there Mm mm-hmm that's the important part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she had come out to the ranch just to, with, with my pastor, and, and uh, I know her dad was there, and she wanted to see what the ranch was like, and I know she had a new pair of boots on, which I made sure to comment about. It's kind of an inside joke. If you're wearing fancy boots on, on the ranch, kind of look like a tin horn, you know. You've got to have slightly used boots or used boots, okay. you know. So that was kind of an inside joke. Um, but yeah, when I first met her, you know, I was just kind of giving her the basically cold treatment, which is 
the did cold you say shoulder. Cold treatment or cold treatment? Right. What did I say? That is okay. the question. All right. They're one in the same, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just how I was with, you know, girls. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but she was delightful, and she was so different than anybody else who'd ever come out to the ranch. And finally, one morning, I just said to her, what, "What's the deal? Why? Why are you? Why are you coming out here? Is it? It seems like all you want to do is help. You don't want to." You know, you're not your typical girl or person who's out on a ranch just to sightsee. She just wanted to help. And I felt, I thought that was very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she came out there that she saw what the ranch was. And I think she liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought she saw me in my setting and she, she accepted both. Mm-hmm. So. Still at this point, you're not dating, though. Does she know you're interested at this point? No. No. No, she... <laughs> when did that happen? Oh. It seems like a lot is going on in your head that you're not communicating. Right. Well, I had graduated college and moved off to my first job. And, you know, she had come out to the ranch maybe if another time or two. And I had just, you know, we had a phone call one time. I had to call her about some plane tickets for some reason. And when I made that phone call to her... You know, I got, you know, I kind of was excited about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I get to talk to Lene. I usually don't talk to girls. I really don't. I, mm-hmm. I'd never dated before. I mean, I had attempted dating, but everybody attempts dating when they're in middle school yes, or high school. And usually it fails miserably or it doesn't. And mine never even got off the ground. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, I kind of, I developed feelings for her. And I guess I wasn't wasn't registering upstairs that you know I was developing feelings for her, but they they were they were mm-hmm. developing and I guess I was just your stereotypical guy that just didn't realize that oh he had found the one yeah huh and so uh we had started dating over the phone and long distance which I hate I hate long distance dating it's the worst mm-hmm. uh I like 3D dating you know person to person uh that is so much more fun than 2d dating you know i had to learn what skype was and they have to skype and it's just yeah it's not as fun mm-hmm. and there's a time difference yeah so anyway uh where was i we started dating uh she made me come see her in person to ask her formally to date her which mm-hmm. i thought awkward but you know that's fine i'll do that it means the same to me but i did like seeing her in person so we made the thousand mile trek many times to see each other yeah. by plane automobile there's no trains that you can take but we would have taken one if there was yes i believe that yeah so how long just to ballpark it we, you know, you've met Lene. How long is it from the time that you meet her and you're like, oh, hey, red high heels, till the time you <laughs> actually say anything about pursuing her romantically? Oh, my. So I remember the drive where I told her that I wanted to date her and that I was basically the one for her and I loved <laughs> her fiercely and passionately and, and, uh, course i did not actually say that i said something i said something very very weird awkward and inscrutable probably uh so it so i saw her in 2012 i believe at that camp in june 
So I could probably pretty narrow it down to that. And then I remember the drive. I, I had a banking job in the middle of Nebraska, and I was on this desolate road in the sand hills of Nebraska calling her, and my reception was spotty, and it was dark, dark, dark. And it was in the fall, late fall or early winter of 2013. Mm-hmm. So it took a year and a half, and kudos to Lene because she came out and she had to reach a little bit for me and she was patient with me and uh, she needed to be because I was very slow on the you know, I just slow to realize what I had there yeah. the opportunity I mean you got to take take advantage of an opportunity like that yeah. she's a high quality woman and I was in a very remote area <laughs> <laughs> Both things are very true. <laughs> it's I now true. know because of all the driving out into the plains of South Dakota that we have done since I've been here. That's right. So, yeah. People are far and few between. Mm-hmm. Well, people like Lene are definitely far and few between. You bet. Few and far between, I think is how we're supposed to say that. But neither of us said it that way. But we don't like to be cliche, so yes. we say it differently. Our own thing. Yeah. Speaking of. Why don't you tell us about law school? You're just done with law school, right? And so now you're studying for the bar, or you've been trying to study for the bar, as Lene and I sing things all weekend. <laughs> yes, I'm studying for the bar, and that is an interesting endeavor. Uh, so <clears throat> I'll take that on j- in July, and Lord willing, I will pass, and then I will be a lawyer, licensed and, and everything. And uh, I've enjoyed law. Um, I went into law specifically because uh, I can't build and I'm a terrible mechanic. Even though I like mechanicking, I couldn't make a living at it. I would go hungry. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I have uh, enjoyed the law. I was going to take that in a different direction, but you know that that's kind of a sidetrack on, on more of why I took the law as mm-hmm. a profession. But... I don't know much about being a lawyer, obviously, because I just have graduated law school. But what I can tell you about law school is that it is a it is a neat way to think about uh, issues that you face every day, and it's a nice framework to build off of. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. And so, what is how do I want to phrase this? One of the things that like law has taught you about the Lord, or maybe a way differently since you've been through law school? Well, I, I probably don't view the Lord differently. So there's two things that I can think of that law schools help me with. First off is when you're studying law, you just realize that people need Jesus. I mean, that reaffirms everything that you believe about the Bible and that you believe that you're, you're in need of a Savior. Because the law is just that. It's designed to conform human behavior to a set of morals and principles which we as a society believe are important and they should align with the bible i've thought about this a lot like our law the common law that comes from england a lot of it mirrors uh biblical law a lot it's where we get a lot of our law and we build off of it from that biblical framework so the law is underneath everything and it just shows you that human nature is sinful we need a savior. The law is a harsh, harsh result. Um, and if if you're a Christian, you'll have 
less fear of the law and more respect and you'll appreciate the law more. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, is just law school allowed me to really have more of appreciation for words. 50% of law school is wrestling with the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. What does a word mean? We live in a society right now that uses words kind of willy-nilly. They don't really know the words that they're using. Um, and when I'm reading the Bible, now I go to and I say to myself, Cole, what did you just read? Mm-hmm. And repeat it back to yourself in my own words, using my own words. Can I fully describe what the Bible just told me in its words? And if I can do that, well, then I can explain it to someone else clearly, if I understand it. You know, so I think that law school really helps you develop an analytical framework to tackle and study better, to tackle uh, study time. So those are two things that I could think of. That's great. Thank you for coming on the podcast today, tonight, whatever time of day it is. Um, I really appreciate it. And thank you for loving Lene so well and taking such good care of her. What I'm hearing us say on this podcast tonight is that it pays to pay attention. It does. It does. It pays to pay attention. So let's all pay attention to the things that we're reading, the people around us, and uh, let's all be better together. You've been listening to He Said, She Said, The One with Books and Bros. Hopefully something you've heard made you smile, inspired you to think, or called you nearer to a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for taking time. Thank you for making space. We'll catch you next week. Same time, same place.